today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. I want to get into uh, something that, well, Hamilton City Council has already started to deal with. And we're talking about the budget, of course, the 2021 budget. City Council in London is doing the exact same thing these days. And uh, I know that every year they say, well, we want to hear from the public and we want to get uh, community input into this. Well, uh, and, and that's good. That's, that's uh, an essential part of the whole process. Uh, this year, probably more importantly than ever before because of what's gone on with the pandemic and the devastating impact that it's had on just about every facet of our, our lives, especially here in this community. And it's not just about the dollars. I mean, that's just a big part of it. We get that. Uh, about the money that's gone into this and the money that the city has had to spend or the lost revenue they, they've had. You know, we've talked about all of those aspects of this. But how are we going to come out of this? And, and, and how are we going to deal with some of the groups and individuals that are going to be impacted by this? Well, there is a group right now called Hamilton Community Benefits Network. Uh, Carl Andrus is going to join us. He's working with a group of 11 different local not-for-profit groups uh, that are getting together, and uh, they're actually today going to make some recommendations and present them to the city about how they want to see this looking uh, going forward here into 2021 and beyond, I guess, really, uh, and the impact that it's going to have. And we want to make sure, and of course I'm sure they do, want to make sure that city council and city staff address a lot of these issues uh, and, and have a heads up about what's going to be coming Coming on and how uh, people are going to be affected by this, both adversely and otherwise. Carl Andrus is with the Hamilton Community Benefits Network. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Carl, thank you for the time. Glad you could be with us today. Oh, thank you, Bill, for having me on uh, talk about this important subject. I really appreciate uh, well, your... It's, it's important. It's, uh, it's almost like one-stop shopping for community involvement. You've got quite an array of people that are at the table with you here. Virtually, oh, of course. Absolutely, <laughs> it was. Um, I mean, a lot of these organizations have have worked together in the in the past on 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 various issues, but uh, this is unprecedented in, in in at least in my lifetime in in the city of Hamilton that such a broad coalition of not for profits has come together to uh, to bring together a, a cohesive policy document to make specific recommendations to the municipality. I also want to emphasize that this is the starting point of a, of a conversation about what a just recovery for Hamilton should look like. It the recommendations in this policy document. Uh, contain the experiences of the not-for-profits involved. But we'd like this to be a starting point for residents and uh, small businesses and other partners across the city to start talking about how we can build a better city in our post-COVID world, specifically through the budget process. Well, as devastating as the pandemic has been, Carl, and, and you know, we've talked at length, I guess, about a number of the impacts that it's had. Uh, what I find interesting about this, and I'm getting the sense that this is the way the report is, is going to be geared to, uh, this is an opportunity uh, for us to not only address the concerns uh, about what's happened with the pandemic, but to, if I can borrow a phrase from Joe Biden, to build back better uh, at, you mm-hmm. know, as we go forward. Yeah, it was, it's an absolutely a, a starting point of a conversation. We want the community and city council to start thinking about innovative ways that Hamilton can recover from COVID-19. We don't want to go back to business as usual. We need to specifically consider the groups that have been disproportionately impacted by this pandemic and what we can do differently. Well, and I know governments have tried to address some of these at all levels, federal, provincial, and uh, local governments have tried to do this. But uh, as we talk with some of the groups that uh, that are going to be involved in this and have been involved in, in the input into this, uh, we're talking about groups like, well, the YWCA, of course, with some of the great community uh, programs that they have, uh, Social Planning and Research Council, the Hamilton Center for Civic Inclusion, ACORN, uh, Environment Han- Hamilton, and a number of others. Uh, it's, there's a wide array of, of interests here, but the common interest here is that uh, we want council uh, to pay attention to the impact that this has had on uh, not just on the entire community, but an awful lot of vulnerable aspects of the community. 
Uh, absolutely, Bill. The other thing that um, there's a commonality in all of these organizations have noticed that as they've been dealing with COVID-19, that, that there's a lot of interconnectivity between the, the various issues and overlaps in, in the, uh, the nine core themes that we uh, identified in the Just Recovery Principles for the document, looking at investing in women, talking about mobility justice, disability justice, housing as a human right, tackling systemic racism, investing in decent jobs and wages for our local economy, a focus on inclusive city building, investment in green infrastructure, and of course, supporting our queer communities. Not the first time you guys have been engaged. Uh, collectively, this is a unique idea, but individually, many of these groups, of course, have made presentations to council. Uh, do you get the sense and from the, the feedback that you've had so far, and certainly there's going to be a lot more now, now that the council is going to have this in their hands, uh, that there's an understanding of, of, the, of the depth of the problem here in the city and, and the work that needs to be done? Uh, I, 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 I think all, all of those around the horseshoe are, are aware to various reasons that COVID-19 has had a profound effect in, in our society, especially our most marginalized. And I think that what we've done is provided a, a starting point and, and some tools for, for council to look at as they deliberate on, on the budget. What we want to avoid is, is kind of conversations around austerity or returning to what was normal, because what was normal wasn't working for a profound amount of people uh, in, in this city. And, and therein lies the concern and the problem here. The, the, the thing is never going to get addressed in, the, in a holistic way if we're going to do one-offs on this and say, okay, today we're going to talk about the environment, tomorrow we'll talk about housing, uh, then I, we'll talk about public health after that. They're all related, and they, they're all very much part of the bigger picture, aren't they? They absolutely are. They're, they're very much interconnected, and that's what we were trying to, to communicate to Council with these policy recommendations. And, and they're broad. There's a, a 150 of them that these organizations have specifically made. Uh, some of them require uh, participation of other levels of government. Some of them require simple policy changes that the City of Hamilton could easily enact. And some of them will require some expenditures at the, uh, at the city level. But they are a, a great opportunity for our, our councillors to, to rethink the, the way that this city runs and how it deals with its most vulnerable, as well as looking, you touched on it a bit, but there's an environmental aspect and a disability justice aspect that permeates through, through the entire document. The, the questions of the impacts of the pandemic, which have, have, of course, hit the most marginalized, but specifically women. We're seeing a massive drop in, in the amount of employment opportunities for women. They have been disproportionately hit in terms of the employment. We're also seeing women are, are the, purport, the major proportion of our frontline workers. They're working in our long-term care facilities. They're our nurses. They're on the front line here fighting the pandemic. And, of course, they're dealing with the effects of the pandemic uh, more so than, than, than others. And, and numbers bear that out, Carl. I mean, I need to tell you that, but just to remind our listeners, I mean, you know, even when we talk to members of the Chamber of Commerce, not just locally here in Hamilton, uh, but, you know, the Ontario and national chambers, the Canadian chambers, they talk about the C-session uh, because of the, especially the impact that it's had on women in the workforce for a variety of reasons. Uh, and by the way, also in women's public health, too, because a number of uh, people that are in these jobs where they have to, they're considered to be essential services, uh, you know, whether it's in healthcare situations, as you say, long-term care facilities, or frankly, in grocery stores, uh, they're putting themselves at risk, uh, of course, with the pandemic. And it's causing an awful lot of consternation and some problems, too. And, 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 and council has a role to play in this. I know that oftentimes we tend to defer uh, to said, well, that's the federal government's responsibility, or that's the provincial government's responsibility. It, it's all of our responsibilities to address these problems. 
It absolutely is. And one of the things that this uh, uh, collective wanted to do was really to tailor these recommendations as close to things that fell within the city's mandate as possible. I mean, we, we can all wish for the stars and the moon, but we know the provinces have certain areas of jurisdiction and the federal governments have other areas of jurisdictions. So we tailored these recommendations specifically to stuff that city council itself could could consider and could look at in in terms of changing, like I said, as I said, policies, as well as perhaps spending priorities that could make a measured and different effect for the people who have been most impacted by the pandemic in this city. Well, give us an example of that, because oftentimes, I mean, you know, politicians will look at this and say, come on, guys, let's be realistic. We can't afford to do this. Uh, The counter-argument to that is... you know, we can't afford not to, but, but it, it, it's, you know, if you, there's going to be an element of pragmatism to this at the same time that said, look at, you know, even baby steps are steps in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I, our number one priority was to start a conversation. We want the community and city council to start thinking about ways that we can do this differently. I can't speak, um, outside of, of my experience, but as a representative of BHCBN, I can talk about how we would really love the city to consider a social procurement policy. That is to say where um, the, city in, the city of Hamilton spends almost a billion dollars a year and has nine billion dollars in, in hard assets. So how the, the city spends its money and what it's, the city spends its, its money and who it spends its with can make a measured difference so, for example, if they adopted a social procurement policy, that is to say that they prioritized investing in women and racialized owned businesses, that they invested in social enterprises, that is to say uh, not-for-profits that are, are doing good works that could provide them with goods or services, if they made sure that they included language that uh, that requested paid sit, uh, sick days and a living wage policy in all of their contracts with their subcontractors, those would be things a city could do that would have a, a market change and a effect um, in in there. They could make a much greater investment in the arts, for example. The arts community, as you you may have heard, has been absolutely devastated by this pandemic uh, in in terms of of both the purchasing power of, of folks for art, but as well as the ability to for us to gather to to watch uh, uh, live performances. So, I mean, there there are all sorts of industries that have had, and all sorts of recommendations that that, that we can make. And a lot of these topics, I, I should remind you, Bill, are stuff that um, our various organizations have been talking about for years. Um, so, so, a lot of this stuff is not new and is known to to city council. Um, what we did try to do was just to kind of razor focus it on on specific items that they could uh, latch onto and that they could support. And I know that there's always going to be this pushback from some people that say, well, that's not our responsibility. Things like living wage. I mean, you know, city council doesn't set that policy necessarily, but you can encourage it and and, and you can make it a, a priority for the community. And we saw that happen, didn't we? I mean, pre-pandemic, there was a lot of discussion about living wage and and a number of businesses, because of the chatter that organizations like yours and others uh, maintained through that, a number of businesses latched onto this and, and, and said, yeah, you know what, we're going to do that. And, and it, it paid off incrementally. Uh, for an awful lot of people and and that's that's one thing i mean there's one thing to say okay we're going to dedicate money to this but you know dedicating resources and and a will to to move forward on some of these problems and then and you talked about something else again that oftentimes people could simply push away and say well you know we don't set that you know the idea about paid sick days uh, during the pandemic there are people right now and i know you know this carl you see this every day with the work that you're doing uh they go to work sick they're not supposed to because of the pandemic but they figure if i don't go i don't get paid and how am I going to pay the rent? Uh, you know, there's got to be an accommodation made for that, and, and city council can be a voice for that. 
Absolutely. I think um, the city city council has has a leadership role that they can play in areas that they may not necessarily be able to to, to directly affect. But they also, as I, as I said, can can take a, a, a position in, in building into their their contracts they put out for other folks to make sure that these these items are placed into those contracts, so that our city dollars aren't going to someone who's not paying a living wage, who's not paying someone sick days. So the city, you know, can't influence provincial policies other than maybe letter recommendations, but they can certainly make a, a, a leadership role and give a voice to these policies across the city and and be a leader in these things. How does this roll out from here on in? I mean, it's not business as usual, of course. I mean, back in the old days, pre-pandemic, you would appear before city council as a a delegation. You'd make presentations, maybe a slide presentation and such. Uh, That's still doable, but it's done virtually right now. And, you know, I've I've heard from some people that say, well, it doesn't quite have the same impact. Uh, Be that as it might, it's it's what we have to deal with in a situation like that. How do you see this rolling out uh, so that there's some momentum here going forward? Well, COVID-19 has certainly created a lot of challenges, uh, like you point out, in, in, in presenting to City Council. We plan on, um, as a collective, running some workshops to help train people on how to, to present to City Council, pre-record delegations for Council that, that can be presented for the budget deliberation date on February 8th, which is the public uh, delegation date uh, for uh, budget conversations for the public. But it also means working with and, and partnering with other organizations in the city, other businesses and residents to keep this conversation going. I mean, we know some of the, the asks and, and we know some of the concerns uh, might be uh, around um, <clears throat> other levels of government, but these organizations can help work with the city to, to, to lobby the province, to lobby the federal government um so it's, it's all about momentum and, and and coalition building it doesn't end with budget deliberation day on february 8th. these are long-term conversations as we know we're going to be dealing with the effects of, of the pandemic well into to 2021 and 20 and probably into 2022 as we look at economic recovery so there's a lot that can be done besides just sitting in front of council and presenting this report although all the organizations that are involved do plan to delegate before city council on that day and encourage others to do so this is part of of what we're going to do is 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 a a movement we're going to be hosting a a series of of virtual events to allow people to to participate to give their feedback and their ideas we wanted this document to be the starting and not the end point of the conversation well and therein lies that i think the main goal here is you've started a conversation and we want to continue that too uh we're going to monitor this Uh, let's stay in touch carl in the uh the weeks ahead and just see how this rolls out over the next little while uh great work a great collaboration by you and all of your partners in this and let's hoping it's going to have a positive impact on the council as they go forward with budget deliberations well thank you very much for having me bill take care carl anders on the hamilton community benefits network and uh, more to come on this one certainly the bill kelly show weekdays from nine to noon on 900 chml